Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and spoilers for this hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Ah, it's much better now. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell, sir. So, just work has been nuts, man. I I have a deadline tonight again like I had last week, and I'm still not done, and... I'm very tired, but wow. I still want to talk about the Flash, dude. That that, that episode last night was the only because I got home at like eleven o'clock um, from work, PM, and that was like the one thing I could watch before I passed out, and <laughs> I was just rejuvenated afterwards. I was about to say I, I couldn't sleep last night. I was sitting in bed. And my wife was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm trying to figure out time travel." Good <laughs> <laughs> <Couldn't> morning. <Marty>. Like, <laughs> like like was on my phone. Back researching different theories and everything else but uh, anyway we'll get to all that later on uh, of course we want to welcome you to flash tv talk with a little bit of news at the top of the show of course if you haven't seen already on facebook and on twitter we've been promoting it out uh, we are doing our second annual rogues rumble uh, of course you're familiar with march madness everybody's getting in with their brackets well here at flash tv talk ever since last year before the flash even launched we started our own bracket called the Rogues Rumble, where basically you get to go in, fill out who wins every single match. All these different rogues from both the Flash comics and the television show have been merged together, and uh, and it's pretty, pretty awesome. If you go to flashtvtalk.com right now, you'll see a big button that says Rogues Rumble. Click that. You'll be able to download your bracket. You're going to want to fill it out and get it into us before midnight Central Standard Time, March 24th, because that is when the voting is going to start. And that means that uh, if you get every single, I guess, match, round, what have you, correct, then you get in the running not to win a free digital comic, to win a free digital graphic novel. Ooh. Yeah, we're up in the ante, man. So this uh, this should be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, the Rogues Rumble was a blast last year. It was great to see uh, different people talking trash, looking to see who is going to be the rogue that takes it all the way. Uh, full disclosure, mine and Bell's, we've already filled ours out. I've got Captain Cold going all the way. Bell? It was real tough for me because like, there's a lot of good characters there, and I want to say... Uh, you you had the ones that I would I would figure that you would put in the in the top running yeah yeah of course it's reverse flash versus gorilla grod and i i, I want to say i gave it to gorilla grod you did give it to gorilla i grod. stand by that because gorilla grod is gorilla grod and you know i mean why would i not vote for myself well it's an interesting uh ploy there cotton we'll see how ah, dang it I forgot that. <laughs> it's an interesting strategy there cotton we'll see how it plays out there it is all right so do that again flash tv talk.com click on rogues rumble get those brackets in we've already got a bunch of yours in uh but you still got some time if you have not done that yet uh, also, want to encourage you to head over to iTunes and write a review because this very night we will be giving away a free digital comic to one of our iTunes reviewers. Uh, if you've listened to our show before, you know that every single time we get 10 reviews on iTunes, we do give out a free digital comic, and tonight is no exception. We hit 10 during the hiatus, or another 10 during the hiatus, and actually the next 10 we hit, we're about seven away, uh, will be our 100th review. So head over there, make it happen, and uh, you could win some free digital comics. Are we going to do something special for the 100th review? Uh, we're going to give away a free digital comic. <laughs> That's how it goes down. What about an autographed digital comic? Um, where yeah. you mail me your iPad, I'll sign the screen, and then send it back to you. Yeah, okay. That, that'll, that'll happen. At least half of that will happen for sure. <laughs> well, man, I think without further ado, we got so much show here tonight. I say, man, let's go ahead and jump into it. The, the Rundown. rundown. 
episode 15, Out of Time, directed by the son of Odin. Thor Freudenthal. Freudenthal, that's right. And story by? Todd Helbing and Aaron Helbing. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, this episode, Mark Martin, who has the ability to control the weather, returns to Central City to avenge the death of his brother Clyde and sets its sights on Joe. Cisco begins to believe that Joe was right about Wells, so he rechecks the containment field for the reverse flash. He discovers that the reverse flash was never in the containment field. It was only a hologram. Wells arrives, reveals himself to be Eobard Thawne. Dun, dun, dun. What? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, reveals himself to be Eobard Thawne, a man from the future who killed Barry's mother incidentally when he was trying to kill Barry. Uh, Wells also reveals that he is pushing Barry to get stronger so that he can use Barry's powers to return to his time. Afterward, he murders Sisko to protect his secret. Mark kidnaps Joe and forces him to watch as Mark sends a tsunami into the city in the hopes of killing Iris. Barry is forced to reveal his secret identity to Iris in order to save the city. Barry runs back and forth across the coastline to create a barrier against the tsunami, but he runs so fast that he creates a time warp and travels back in time when Mark first arrived back in Central City. So is it safe to say that Barry did the time warp? Yeah, man. So this episode, honestly, when it was all said and done, actually about five minutes to the end, I was like, how is this not the season finale? Because so much is being thrown at us from every single different angle. I don't think I've ever experienced an episode of this show where I've been on the edge of my seat for every single plot line. You'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> this was uh, this was intense, and you know we now are are forced with the challenge here, and and you know right rightly so to try to tackle every single plot line and every single character that's going on. When really we want to just jump to the end and start debating the time travel, but we'll, we will get to that. But first. Let's start off with the big battle. I'm talking about the two powerhouses that came at it. Uh, this was their major confrontation. Of course, I'm talking about Iris and Linda. <laughs> Dude, the cat claws were coming out. Wow. You could see it in, in, in Linda's eyes. Holy crap, she was pissed. All right, so are you, let me ask you this. Are you team Linda or are you team uh, Iris? I think that, uh, that Eddie and Iris both have reasons to be upset. And I think Eddie. You mean was, Eddie and Linda? Yeah, did I say Eddie and Iris? Sorry, Eddie and Linda both have reasons to be upset. <laughs> take Eddie out of the equation. I'm not talking to, like let's let's take all the components out. Iris or Linda? Right now, who would you choose? Uh, oh, geez. Oh, so choose as in like who would I choose to be my? All right, all right. You're you're Barry Allen. I'll make it. I'll, I'll okay, make if it. I'm Barry. Yeah, of course I choose Iris. Okay, all right, all right. But now, now, but see, here's the deal. In this, now, now you're Bell. You're an outside observer. Who are you choosing? I don't know. I don't, I don't think we've seen enough of Linda. I mean, Linda seems cool. Iris seems really naive. I'm team. I'm team Iris all the way, man. There's, you know, I, I like Linda, and I've said this before. I think Linda is actually not a bad match at all for Barry. I think she compliments him well. A lot of her, yeah. uh, her positives fit to his negatives, and vice versa. Or, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. There's a puzzle piece there, and it, it makes yeah. sense. Here's the thing, though. Iris, man, Iris is his lightning rod. And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. But but if you kind of are, have kind of this idea of the Flash lore and the comics and the way that works, there is a connection between these two that's powerful. And in fact, it's part of what once Barry breaks that time barrier and once he breaks kind of the speed barrier that crosses beyond everything else, she's the thing that actually keeps him 
you know, tied to this world, this time. And so, you know, there's there's something very, very special about their relationship. These two, you know, they're destined to be together. There's no, you know, there's no uh, um, Felicity type scenario where the fans can kind of, you know, say we want this person to be the relationship. It's not going to happen. Iris is his destiny and he is hers. So even taking that out, I got to say, I'm kind of feeling Iris in just this entire cat fight, if, if we're going to stoop so low as to call it that, because I got to tell you, I mean, you know, she she did have dibs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, I, you know, to some extent, we've talked about the fact that there was a window of opportunity and she kind of passed it. But I mean, you know, come on. It's it's Jim and Pam. I was watching The Office today and I'm like, you know what? This is just Jim and Pam with superpowers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could see that, but you know, I, I, I think, I think I'd probably, if, if it were me and I'm not Barry Allen, I'd probably go with Iris. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I, I would. Yeah. Um, I, but Iris is more my type anyway. I like Linda. I'd hang out with Linda. I'd go get a beer with Linda. But I think Iris is more my type. And plus, Candace Patton's from Mississippi. Well, I mean, there's always that. So you know, the, the hometown connection, we gotta, we gotta give it up for that. But uh, yeah, man. So the Linda, Linda v. Iris. I've, I've seen a lot of different uh, feedback and thoughts on. Uh, their relationship and just kind of the the female portrayal in the show overall. Um, I got to say, Iris, you know, she did have a better arc, I thought, for her kind of you know career path and and wanting to kind of be this reporter and chase down these stories. But still, up until obviously what happens near the end, I really felt that heavy. Okay, it's time we all go and lie to Iris about what's going on. Like there's that scene where Eddie and Joe and Barry are all standing around. And Joe says, you know, we want to keep that smile on her face so she knows, you know, she doesn't need to know about anything that's going on. And I'm like, really? Come on, guys. She's the only person on this show that doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, to some extent, right? Well, that's the thing, though. It's, 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 it would be in her nature, like, if, if she knew what was going on, that she'd want to be, she'd want to be involved because, you know, she, she likes Barry, you know, they're like family. So I, I just think that would be, you know, I think it's best to try to keep her safe by keeping her ignorant of the situation. Now, I, granted, that's probably not the best thing because she's gonna be super pissed when she finds out you know <laughs> yeah i don't know man i think i do see that especially in joe he is kind of the he's kind of the ultimate father figure who is going out and trying to protect everybody so i do see that from his angle but on the other hand i mean you know he also taught iris to handle herself right we got that flashback scene earlier on in the season where she is actually beating up barry right well, yeah, and she shot Clock King, so... Yeah, so, I mean, like, she's capable. I just don't think that she's given enough opportunity to prove herself. But... I mean, it's Weather Wizard. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I, I don't think, like, if, if, if there weren't other metahumans and Barry was the only metahuman, I think it'd be a completely different situation. Sure. But Joe sure. has seen the destruction that metahumans can bring, and so he's terrified of that because he's not a metahuman. Iris isn't a metahuman. The only metahuman they know that, that's not trying to kill or maim or destroy or rob or whatever is Barry. Well, in Firestorm. Well, yeah, in Firestorm. But, you know, he, he's in Boston now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Philadelphia. Sorry, Philadelphia. All right, so speaking of kind of family ties, we do get a look into Cisco's family history through this conversation that he has with uh, then Wells, just talking about, you know, why are we doing this together? Why aren't you going to this thing with your family? Cisco says his family life has been so much more improved since he hasn't seen them in a long time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so any kind of speculation there? I mean, I know it's of, of all the things there is to talk about, it's probably lower on the totem pole. But uh, but Cisco, family background, what do we know? Well, he sounds kind of like uh, maybe like a, a prodigal son. Well, maybe not prodigal son. That's probably a bad uh, analogy to use. But um 
because it seems like he left his family by his choice, maybe because maybe he, he was trying to prove himself to them. Like, I, I'm assuming because we know his brother's going to be joining him. And like right. the, the whole thing was, is there's uh, this party that was in honor of his brother or whatever he's not going to. So my guess is that he's like the granted, he's still a super genius. But he's the son that the parents don't really like all that much. Yeah, you know, there's something to that, right? Everything, every time we see Cisco, even in the early days, you know, he's he's got the long hair, he's wearing t-shirts. You know, if he's not necessarily even with all of his brains, you can imagine his parents might find this other brother to be the golden child of of the family, right? Yeah, which is which is surprising considering how bright Cisco is. Like this, his brother's got to be pretty freaking awesome if they're not. You know, if, if they're willing to look past all of Cisco's, you know, numerous bonuses uh, and, and, and prefer his other brother. Could be. Or it could be that, you know, maybe his family um, owned a pizza joint and the other brother um, started his own pizza franchise. And they're like, you don't want pizza. How can you not be in pizza? We are a pizza family. You go do your crazy OMG science. <laughs> Cisco, know. why you got to be so smart? We doing a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but you are doing the science all the time. The science. Could happen. Could happen. We don't know. But the, the point is, though, it does set up this or at least um, further the point of the relationship that is between Cisco and uh, and then Wells. Right. Because ultimately his family is Star Labs and Harrison or then Harrison uh, is. Let's, let's just cut to the chase. Let's call it Eobard. Well, but he doesn't know it's Eobard at this point. OK, fine. But, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 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 my mindset. We'll call him Eobard. I mean, we've been calling him Eobard, right? Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. So, uh, but, but Eobard Wells. I'm not doing the I told you so dance this time. Oh, I, no, here we go. I feel like I've Let's, done that too much. I I, I got it. H. Geobard. H. Geobard. H. Geobard. H. Geobard Wells. So, all right. So, we will call him H. Geobard during the time that he is not known to be Eobard by everybody else. Yeah. I'm down with that. All right. So, uh, in that case, H. Geobard and Cisco have this relationship. He has been this father figure to Cisco. We see it. Uh, we have seen it, but it really is driven home this time to make uh, the events that transpire all that more heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. They're sitting there watching Buster Keaton films and, like, you know, being all cool and just chilling out. And, like, you know, they're having, like, family talks and stuff. It's like, hey, Cisco, you know, you know I know you don't like your family, but I want to be your surrogate dad. And I was like, oh, that's really heartwarming. Like, yeah, just don't rip my heart out or anything. <laughs> Man, family was definitely a theme of the episode overall. Uh, you know, of course, we have kind of the Cisco and H.G. Uh, Abard. Uh, we've also got the the Papa Joe and just kind of that being the father figure to Barry in the midst of all of this kind of relationship turmoil that he's going on. And then also just kind of this protective attitude he has because of the Marden brothers. Uh, we get a flashback featuring our boy Chad Rook uh, re- replaying the role of uh, Clyde Marden. And we get introduced to Mark Marden, uh, the weather wizard from the comics. And uh, yeah, this is a very brotherly relationship. He is definitely an older brother character clearly he has a lot of love for Clyde and uh, man he is out for blood yeah yeah you know it was so good to see Chad Rook on screen again I I was worried they were just gonna do like you know uh the scenes from the first episode and just you know rehash that which they they had a couple of those scenes in there but it was nice to see Mark doing that whole like big brother thing you know put your seatbelt on kind of stuff but yeah they're definitely ruthless though because you know that's the thing he says when when uh right when Chad Chad Uh, right when Clyde hops in the plane, he's like, I think I got one of them. He just doesn't even care. He's not like, you know, he's he's not 
worried about or anything. He's excited that he just killed a cop. So, you know, these guys are ruthless, man. Yeah, no, I actually thought that the way they spliced in the uh, scenes from the pilot and, you know, the new new stuff, it worked really, really well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You, uh, so we, we talked about this on, I forget which episode, I think it was a blackout episode, uh, where you can actually see their plane mm-hmm. get hit by the uh, the wave and go down. I thought about that specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That actually seeing what happened to the plane, seeing it ripped apart was pretty neat too. Now, coming in with ice powers out of the bat, I thought was kind of fun. I did, you know, for some reason, and I know we only do this with Captain Cold, but the cold pun started just, you know, ice to meet you. you know. <laughs> it was running in my mind. Really dug their relationship, and the fact that Mark is out for vengeance mirrors Joe in the sense that Joe, to some extent, is out for vengeance as well. I mean, he's out, uh, you know, he doesn't want what happened to his partner to happen again. He actually relives that nightmare when Captain Singh, like a freaking boss, takes yeah. a lightning bolt to the chest. What? Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> Man. Look, all right, so Captain Singh really steps it up. We actually, you know, if, if you haven't gotten a chance to go back, we actually had a great interview uh, with Patrick Sabangui, who pr- portrays the character. And we talked about the fact that Captain Singh has this very protective mindset when it comes to his troops. And that was definitely on full display throughout this episode. Uh, but the fact that he gets zapped and, you know, when they go to the end, they quit, you know, they, they jump to the part where um, uh, his fiance is coming in. So we get to meet him for the first time. And then the doctor says, you know, he may not be the same man you knew. They even mention that he may not walk again. They definitely said that he well, he was having trouble moving his legs. He might not even walk again. And that was I was like, wow, that's pretty that's pretty severe, you know, for this. He's the police captain. I mean, what's a police captain going to do? Well, he got struck by lightning, man. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, and he got you know thrown all the way across the the room. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm curious because uh, you know obviously we've gotten to know this character. I mean, do you think that we could see like some serious brain recalibration type stuff? Well, uh, this kind of goes into what we're going to talk about a little bit later, but I don't think anything. I mean, th- this this was basically like a. Uh, you know, a shock to the system kind of thing, but we all know what happens at the end of the episode. Wait, when does Barry? Wait, when does that? Wait. See, I had I had to do the same thing. I had to rewatch the beginning of the first or the beginning of the episode to find out when Barry goes back in time. Barry goes back in time right when uh, when Mark comes back into town. So this is the day before all that stuff happens. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. So Fair he enough. runs so fast, he runs to the previous day. Okay. All right. Good. Good catch on that one because I was I thought that it was after this that it was when. Barry did the, um, you know, the Groundhog Day thing. No, but it was funny, though. It was really, really neat. When I was watching the episode, uh, you know, Barry, he's running to the morgue to go find out, uh, you know, what, what's happened. That's where Mark kills the medical examiner. Right. And as he's running there, you know, that's when he sees his uh, he sees himself and then he stops because he's like confused. And as I was watching that scene at the very beginning of the episode, I'm like, that's really weird. So they're, they're showing all of these things. They're showing like, you know, the woman with the dogs, the lady yelling for the cab. I'm going to be late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All these things are like, that's really, really specific. They're doing something with this. They're making it obvious so that you will remember this scene. Man, good catch on that one. I totally missed that. I mean, I was thinking the whole, you know, I'm going to be late was supposed to be a nod to the fact that, you know, it's it's the Flash and Barry's well, always late. I mean, maybe maybe it was, but the whole the whole point of like, I, by the way, I loved what they did. The cinematography in this episode was absolutely perfect. Oh, everything was full, like, you know, hardcore, man. They did it. They cranked it up to 11 and broke off the knob. Yeah, they definitely found a new dolly, too, because they had a lot of those rotating shots. Yeah. 
Uh, those are really cool. Like the scene in the car where uh, where Joe and Barry are driving. Uh, they used it there. Like the kiss where like they're they're rotating around. Like a lot of cool stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, that that one particular scene, I was like, okay, they're doing this on purpose. They want you to remember this because they're they're showing you all these specific things in this scene. It's a specific looking street corner. It's very you know, it's not just like a nondescript alleyway or something like that. It's very specific. And I was like, I wonder why they're gonna do that. And then at the end of the episode, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll and we'll get there. We're gonna yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Time. I don't want I don't want to you know jump the gun. But, uh, hey, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, cutting back kind of to Iris's whole uh, thing, she is on the case because of Mason Bridge, otherwise known as Danish Dan. Did you, <laughs> did you notice that when Barry and, Dan- or when Barry and Mason were uh, talking, freaking Mason goes and grabs a Danish? Specifically a bear claw. I think it was a bear claw. Yeah. That yeah. was great, man. I was like, Perfect. I completely missed it the first time around. And then when I was rewatching it for tonight's show, I was like, oh, Danish Dan lives. I, <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Flash TV writers. Y'all are awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, the, the Danish lives on. But, uh, but yeah, one way or the other, that dude has clearly been watching the episode from, or every single episode from beginning to end and not missing the tag on every single episode because he is us, right? He knows that, you know, Wells is the guy that killed. Uh, Stag, he knows that Wells is behind this, that, and the other. You know, he's he's on top of it. Yeah, and I really like the Mason Bridge character. Like, I, 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 I he's kind of a dirtbag. I hated him I, at first, but I love him now. Yeah, I mean, he, he's still kind of a dirtbag, but on the same token, I like the the fact that he's actually able to. Uh, and, and it kind of feels like he's using Iris a little bit, but on the same token, I think the only reason why he's using her is because he does trust her and he does think that she can do a good job. He's like the only one at that entire uh, news station that kind of sees her as more than just an avenue to get in touch with the Flash. Yeah, yeah. I Man, I'm, I'm digging him. I really, I remember when he first came on, I was like, who is this guy? I don't want to... It's kind of like Game of Thrones, or, or more specifically the or the the novel of Game of Thrones. If you're reading, if you ever read that book, you go in, you meet all these characters, and like you're engrossed in the story. And then all of a sudden, they introduce new characters, and you're like, "Who is this new guy? I don't have to worry about him." There's all this awesome stuff going with the characters that we have. But then, as you get to know that new character, you're like, "No, no, no! Tell me more. Who's this guy?" Like you get really, really into it. And so, uh, so yeah, the Flash is basically Game of Thrones. Well, a lot less nudity and a lot less death. Well, we've talked actually about how the Thons and the Allens are essentially the, uh, the Starks and the uh, Lannisters. So, yeah, there you go. There actually is some connection there. But yeah, man, I, I'm right there with you. I think uh, Mason is a cool character. Really like what they're doing with him overall. All right, so I, I got to ask you this: Who do you think the next person to stand out in the middle of the CCPD is going to be to give a Braveheart type speech? Oh well, I already know it's Eddie. Well, well, no, no, no. we got Eddie this episode. See, like last time we got Cisco, then we got Eddie this episode. And like, you know, I, I get the feeling that this is going to be some sort of reoccurring deal where somebody, you know, has to say something inspiring, <laughs> have the entire police force surrounding them right in the middle of that foyer. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe since the events that we'll talk about later transpired, I'm going to guess that it's going to be Captain Singh. Oh, that's. Oh, ooh. you think that maybe. Oh, yeah, I'm but, gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely guess it's gonna be Captain Singh, ooh. and I, I I think yeah I have a pretty good suspicion as to what's gonna happen next episode. Interesting. All right. Well, good 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 jumping into that. Well, in that case, I mean, let's see. We we've talked about um we've talked about Iris. We've talked about Linda to some extent. I mean, Iris and Linda had a little bit more confrontation, um and and of course Cisco and Caitlin. Caitlin actually was somewhat absent from this uh 
this episode overall. She did help Cisco. He had her go and distract H.G. Bard while he was doing his own investigation, which, by the way, Caitlin is terrible at distracting somebody. Oh, she's awful. She's, yeah, she is no good. She's like, hey, let's go do this. He's like, why? And th- yeah. Because Cisco's trying to betray you. <laughs> Like, yeah, this is great. Let's just sit in awkward silence, and I'm going to give you the big eyes, and, you know, that's just what we're going to do right now. It's like I'm from the future. I've already seen it. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> oh, and, and she's been dead to him for uh, for years. Yeah. For decades, right? Well, so, it, I, you know, we don't really know what timeline he's from or, or what time he's oh, from. Okay, well, don't even get started about timelines, because I got to yeah. tell you, man, I don't think there are multiple timelines. Well, I, I, I don't either. I don't either. Um, I'm but, changing my whole philosophy based off the big reveal. Of course, Cisco, um, you know, uh, H.G. Abard leaves uh, Caitlin at the coffee shop, heads to Star Labs to find Cisco in the midst of discovering da 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 da. Yes, in fact, Harrison Wells is actually the man in yellow, aka, in his own words, ladies and gentlemen, Eobard Thawne. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yes, we called it. And uh, you know what? I, I, here's the thing. I'm not going to gloat about calling it because I know a lot of people called that. I mean, it's not like it's just us or anything like that. Uh, but but there were a lot of people who have been like pushing back on that. Well, maybe he's Hunter Zolomon. You know, OK, I, I, I'm not going to say he's not the man of the yellow, but maybe he's Hunter Zolomon. This is why I not only thought that Harrison Wells was actually Eobarthon, but also really wanted him to be Eobarthon. It's because Tom Cavanaugh has brought something to this character that is just so amazing, man. He he makes you care about him and hate him and want him to love you all at the exact same time. <laughs> I'm serious. There is something extremely complex that he brings to this character, and I did not want him to be a reverse Flash. I wanted him to be the reverse Flash. And yeah. Eobard Thawne, I love Hunter Zolomon, and that's an interesting story, and it's great for kind of what they ended up doing with uh, Wally and, and being able to kind of show that parallel to his... Uh, to his mentor and everything, but Eobard Thawne is the reverse Flash. Absolutely. So anyway, that's that's my <laughs> that's my quick little uh, soapbox there for a second. I, <laughs> I will say this. When he said, let me introduce myself, my name is Eobard Thawne, I literally stood up, threw my hands in the air, and went, yes, at the top of my lungs, even though my toddler was sleeping in the next room. <laughs> my wife looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, I I, uh, I was laying on my couch because I was exhausted, and the best I could muster was double fist pump in the air for about 15 minutes. Like the rest of the episode, I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. I, I, I you know, I did the whole, um, what was it, uh, Seth Green from uh, Italian Job, got the Holy Spirit, you know. <laughs> Seth, wait, Seth Green was in the Italian Job? Yeah, Seth Green was in the remake of the Italian Job with Marky Mark. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Never mind. Okay. No, I'm, I'm I was never... thinking Ocean's Eleven. Never mind. No, 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 no. I, you know, Italian, not a bad movie. Not a great movie, but not a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's, all right, so huge reveal, right? I mean, this this confirms a lot of people's suspicions and then also sets correct a lot of people who have been speculating one way or the other. We get some explanation as to how he was able to pull it off. Bell, you called the whole after image thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing that got me. Uh, I thought that the containment field was fake and that he was just, you know, doing an afterimage of the reverse flash and sitting in the wheelchair at the same time. Right, right. And I thought that was going to be a stretch. I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, I, I kind of am too. And it makes a whole lot more sense because, like, I, there's always a, a question in the back of my head. It's like, well, it, if he was doing that, why didn't he ever address Joe? Because when they're sitting there in the room, you know, Joe asked him, why'd you kill Barry's mom? And he, and he just kind of ignores him. It's like he doesn't even see anyone else in the room except for Eobard. And uh, so I was kind of like, OK, there's something weird about that. Well, maybe I don't know. I, I, I couldn't really think of anything. And I was like, OK, oh, holograms. It makes perfect sense. Uh, but I, I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, he was using his after image to beat the crap out of himself. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> that made beautiful. me so happy. Beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, man, this is um, this is big. It hit Cisco like a ton of bricks for exactly what we talked about earlier. Uh, Harrison Wells has been his family to discover that he's actually Eobard Thawne is breaking his heart. I mean, you, you see it on his face, dude, that, that man brought it this episode. Like I, and like every single person watching that show was just in man tears or, oh, la yeah. or lady Be tears. His reaction was absolutely perfect. Like that's, you know, you can imagine somebody that you respect more than anyone else in the world. A man that you, that, that could very well be your father. Like that's how much you respect. A him. man you chose just, to be your father. Yes, yes, exactly. And then the, 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 the amount of sadness and betrayal that he would feel at that moment is just like, I, I thought it was, it was beautiful. Like his reaction was absolutely like you could just, he was crushed. I mean, you could just see it like the tears, the emotion, everything there was a hundred percent perfect. And it was just absolutely excellent. Like I, yeah, hands down Cisco's best performance this entire series, man. Okay. So, I mean, it's a heartbreaking scene. It becomes all the more like literally heartbreaking when, I mean, he's telling them, you know, that confirming essentially that who we have seen out of the Harrison Wells character is really who Eobard Thawne is to some extent. Yes, he's been working this whole entire plot line on the side. Yes, he has reasons that we don't know yet for wanting to kill Barry, at least in the beginning. Uh, but these relationships that he's built, be it with Cisco, Caitlin, Grodd, whoever it is, you know, they're they're earnest and they're real. And they, you know, he is not just the mustache twirling villain he's an emotionally fully rounded character and so when he tells him you know you have taught me what it would be like to have a son yeah. and then rips into his heart not just like emotionally literally i mean dude mind freaking blown like i, I yeah. was just you know that that whole scene being spliced up with the weather wizard joe thing like i was just like you know that's huge in itself but just go back to the, what's going on with cisco man because like that 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 was the the heart of the show yeah super intense like and and you could and you're right you know it's that thing where you know hg wells really does care about cisco but he cares about he's been marooned in a different timeline you know for 15 years like as much as he might care about cisco like it, 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 i'm sure it pained him to do so but like you know his goal is, is is concrete he can't let anything get in that way well and he even points out you know to me you've been dead for decades well for centuries these are centuries think he said centuries okay that's interesting i need to go back and uh and confirm that actually i'm, I'm gonna throw that out to the chat uh guys y'all remember was it was it years decades or centuries um that uh harrison wells said centuries Greenclaw said if Greenclaw says centuries it's centuries um so yeah man everybody's everybody's chiming in saying centuries that kind of gives a little bit of indication as far as how far into the future eobard is yeah well eobard was from like 
the year 3000 or something, right? Well, but see, this is the thing. We don't know the way they were going to do it. In fact, with time travel, especially in comics, it can get very, very convoluted. And one of the things that we mentioned going into the show is looking forward to seeing a refreshing tale of time travel with the Flash mythology. So Eobard theoretically could have been, it could have been 10 years, uh, 30 years, he could have been decades. Uh, in fact, a lot of people were speculating because of the newspaper that he was only, you know, what was that, 15 years into the future? Yeah, see, well, yeah, that's that's what that's what confusing me because like the chat saying that you know he's from the 25th century in the comics, but the newspaper that he's concerned about was from uh, 10 years into the future, so it was, it was uh, 2025, I believe. I still think that plays a big role. We don't know what exactly his end game is, right? We don't know why Eobard wanted to go back in time and kill Barry. Well, I think I know. Maybe, maybe not why he wanted to kill Barry, but why he, you know. Why he needs him to survive this crisis that's going to happen in 10 years. Well, we know why he needs... I mean, he said very specifically he needs Barry's speed because the reverse flash pulls from the speed force that is generated from... Or I guess technically from the reverse speed force that's generated from the flash. And actually, if you kind of think about it in that physics way that you like to think about things, uh, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Same thing with the speed force. As Barry generates more and more speed force from his running there is more and more reverse speed force for Eobard to be able to pull from. And so he needs him to run super-duper fast so that he can generate enough reverse speed force to go back into the future. Exactly. And along the line, he has to protect him from the people like Captain Cold and all of these different villains of whom he's, he's tried to change their fate. You know, like he was trying to keep the cold gun under locks. We predicted this back in the day. You know, yeah. There was some reason why he wanted to keep Barry alive, and this is it. Barry is his power battery. He needs Barry to run fast in order to achieve his goal of returning home. Right. And I think so, you know, in the in the newspaper from uh, 2025, it's saying that, uh, you know, Barry disappears in the crisis. I'm thinking that what he's trying to do is is make it so that Barry's fast enough to survive the crisis. So that, that I, I think that's a stretch, man. I don't think that's the case. I really believe that he doesn't see uh, he may have become emotionally attached to Barry to some extent. But I do think that he sees Barry uh, more as just like, like I said, like a power battery. I don't think he needs Barry for anything more than just to get the, the reverse speed force. Well, right. No, I, I agree with you. But what I'm saying is, is that he needs him to survive this crisis so they can generate enough speed force. Because when he's dead, like if he doesn't have enough speed, uh, oh, I see speed what you're force, saying. He's not getting back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, man, there's a lot of thoughts around the time travel and the way that's working and kind of what his thoughts are. But before we talk about all of that, I just want to kind of run real quick through a couple of points from this episode I loved. Um, the weather wand. I love the fact that Cisco creates essentially an opposite version of the weather wand from the comics. Yeah. You know, in the comics, the weather wand is actually used by Weather Wizard to control the weather. Here, it's vice versa. The weather wand is actually used as almost like his kryptonite to be able to suck the weather away from him. Yeah, which, you know, some OMG science moments there, but, you know, who cares? it was still cool. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's still cool. I, I, I like the, the nod to the, you know, weather rod. Yeah. Yeah. And again, of course, there's the whole, you know, weather wizard. I've been waiting for week one since uh, to use that. And it's like, come on, Cisco. We've been <laughs> using that since week one. Yeah, yeah, come on, get with the program. We get the OG. We got the OG Weather Wizard. <laughs> That's what we like to say. Well, I got something that I wanted to uh, to discuss. Becky Cooper? Well, Becky Cooper. Becky Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. so the, the scene where, uh, you know, Mark is following them, uh, uh, following uh, Barry and Joe in the car. Right. And it starts to, to rain, and then all oh, of a sudden they see him, and he yeah. brings down the lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Barry is literally faster than a bolt of lightning. Yeah. 
And that was awesome. Like, I love that scene. Like, the slow-mo and stuff was great. But I want someone to do the math on that. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting. We need somebody to kind of calculate that out and figure out what that means. Although it doesn't matter considering what we know he's faster than at the end of this episode. You know what I mean? Well, well yeah, yeah. But I, I, I want to see – the reason why I'm curious is just because the science nerd in me is like, okay, so you can see how fast it's going. You can see how fast lightning's traveling. We know how fast, like, you know, it, it travels. So you can see, like, how fast Barry's going. Now, what you can do is then you can – if you knew the, the length of that coastline, uh, you could time, you know, and you could also calculate to see how fast he was going when he was running from end to end. And so I, I, I'm just curious because lightning is really, 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 really fast. Right. And so I'm curious if he went faster when he moved, when he dodged the lightning than he did when he was running from coast to coast. And if there's something else that triggers his uh, time travel. Could be. Could be. Did you notice that the the location where that all transpired seemed very familiar? Like, I think it was the exact same location that he first faced off with Clyde in the pilot. Uh, I thought that was at a barn. No, 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 no. We're not where Joe first faced off with Clyde, but where Barry first faced off. Remember, he's in the car and... He's oh, at, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, So I, I don't know if that's the same location or not, but it looked very similar to me. It probably was. I mean, you know, you're going to reuse locations. By the way, uh, Green Claw's pointing out in the chat that somebody did do the math on uh, Tumblr. <laughs> I, I knew somebody did. I knew somebody did. And I'm just curious because I want to know how fast he was moving. Yeah. So overall, this was an amazing episode. I mean, just 10 out of 10 out of 10 out of 11. I mean, and, and, and apropos, too, that you had uh, Thor directing the Weather Wizard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Made me happy. I don't know who that is, but we need to see if we can get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thor Freudenthal. I just want to say that we interviewed Thor. That's all. Yeah. Speedster speculation. All right, man, where do we even begin? How about time travel? Okay. Seems like a good place to start. I know that I pitched the idea of three different timelines. However, this entire episode has completely disproved my theory on the multiple timelines, you know, being in play here. I think we are dealing with one timeline and I think that timeline mutates with the changes done by Barry and Eobard. So basically you're saying it's one timeline, you go back and you change something, there's a butterfly effect that changed the entire timeline. Yeah, but not even a butterfly effect. I mean, it's just, I mean, you can call it a butterfly effect if you want. I think it's just the timeline is actively trying to correct itself, but not in the sense of wiping out what came in the past. For example, if, if, Eobard or if somebody was to kill Eddie I don't think that would annihilate Eobard because Eobard is now currently existing in the timeline um, so I think that there is kind of this sense of whatever is present is ultimately causing the mutation but I think the mutation doesn't necessarily wipe out what is actively happening in the present well it's an interesting conundrum though because if Eddie were to die and the timeline did want to correct itself and get rid of Eobard would like he just all of a sudden you know a truck hits him or something like that? No, I, th I think that, um, I don't think it's like, uh, what is that movie? I wasn't aware I was referencing a movie. Yeah, the movie where like they don't die, but then they kept on trying to die. The chat's going to like bombard us. Oh, you're thinking about Final Destination? Final Destination, that's the one. Uh, I don't think it's like a Final Destination type deal. I just, I just mean that it's not, we're not dealing with Back to the Future rules where he would just kind of vanish. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think that if Eddie died, then Eobard would never be born, but that doesn't mean the Eobard that's existing today uh, no longer exists. I think he still exists. Okay. Because he exists in the present in which time is being changed. Yeah. But ultimately, I do think uh, you can kind of prove this out by a couple of things. For one thing, present Barry is able to see future Barry. Yes. And so if the idea was that there were multiple timelines and that going back in time would create a new timeline then the present Barry wouldn't be able to see the future Barry because 
that they'd be in a different time zone. Exactly. Or time zone. Time. <laughs> That's what we can call it. Time zone. I don't think so. That'd be way, way even more confusing. No, but that <laughs> that would be in a different timeline. And so that opens up the door for a lot of things. For one thing, it opens up the door for a lot of confusion uh, because it means there's no we're not dealing with timelines. We're not dealing with you know, if, if X plus Y equals Z, then all I have to do is remove Y and then X equals Z minus Y. A little bit of math there for you, Bell. You, you, keep, it up, you keep it up with me on this one? Uh, no, do that one more time. Okay. Point being that I can't create a timeline that I want to create. If I want to go back and create a, a perfect timeline after making a few tweaks, mm-hmm. it's not like I can go back to my original time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so well, then, that, then why is Harrison trying to get back? Harrison is trying to get back for exactly what he said. He's stranded in the past. He wants to, you know, his his plan was botched up. And by the way, this is kind of another speedster speculation. Was Eobard going back in time to kill adult Barry or young Barry? Probably young Barry. That was my thought as well. So he goes back in time to kill young Barry, but instead uh, ends up facing off with an older Barry, which gets to the idea that, you know, time is mutating. It, it's not uh, a normal thing. If we were dealing with timelines in the original timeline, Eobard would go back in time and successfully kill young Barry. And yes. so we wouldn't even have this show. Yes. But since we are dealing with kind of this mutation and the idea that basically the speed force allows for connection over the various points of time, uh, that means that Eobard goes back, but then is stopped by Barry. Basically, it's paradox. That's what we're, we're going to end up dealing with is a lot of paradoxes. Well, you notice, though, that the, the, the way they're describing time travel is very, very, very similar to what Martin Stein was talking about, the, the, the freeway, like the on-ramp, off-ramp thing, where there's one timeline you can get on and get off, but if you go back and you change something, the, the freeway is still there, but it's going to be like a different freeway. Well, sure, yeah, because if you do, I mean, that. granted, if you change something in the past, it is going to affect the future, but what in what way will it, like, but I don't think that'll affect you, I guess is what I'm saying. It's, it's not Marty McFly. That, yeah. that, that's the main thing that, that I think, you know, I don't think they've actually fully explained this, but I don't think they're going to go the Marty McFly, I can be erased from time concept. And I think that's especially true for speedsters because they're the one that are actually influencing the time timeline. Yeah. So that to some extent, Eobard is immune from the butterfly effect the same way that Barry would be. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can see that. All right, cool. That's, that's, that's my kind of crazy theory there. But I, so you agree, we, you think we're dealing with one timeline as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It would be yeah, beyond a shadow of a doubt right now uh, from what we've seen, from what we've heard. It's just one timeline. Time yeah. is a highway. I want to <laughs> run it all night long. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, man. OK, so here's another speculation that's been going around. Now, this is actually kind of getting into rumor, ter- rumor, spoiler type territory, but definitely more rumor than spoiler. There's nothing confirmed about this. And I would say take this with a heavy grain of salt. Um, and that's this idea that by the end of the season finale, um, we will end up starting next season in a new timeline slash new universe. Uh, what I mean is not necessarily a new timeline, because like we said, we don't believe that there's necessarily multiple timelines, but Barry will go back in time and do something that will in turn cause a new universe, a flashpoint-like universe, uh, perhaps... One where uh, Robert Queen is the arrow, one where perhaps, and this is kind of the speculation that's been going around, in the universe created by whatever Barry does in the season finale, 
Um, perhaps Cisco is Vibe. Perhaps Caitlin is the villain Killer Frost. Maybe that's where we'll actually see their power sets playing a role into the series. And so for a large portion of next season, that could be the case. What do you think about that? Well, that's definitely what I was thinking. I, 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 I agree with you a lot. But there's just it, Grant Gustin keeps saying stuff that, you know, the, the, the twist at the end of the series is something that no journalist has reported on yet. Well, we're not journalists. I don't think he's first of all, I don't think we're, we're being counted in, in the uh, the the higher ranking era of journalism. But second of all, <laughs> uh, you know. I, don't get me wrong. I love Grant Gustin. I think he has done a phenomenal job with Barry Allen. He is our leading man, and he's done a wonderful job with that. He's not a geek to the full extent that the rest of us are. Um, if you actually even go back, and we'll talk about Pallyfest and news, but at Pallyfest, he was asked by a, uh, a, a you know somebody in the audience who wins in a fight. Is it going to be Flash or Quicksilver? And he's like, Yeah, I don't know who Quicksilver is. Now they really? were they were able to spin that so that it was like yeah Quicksilver who, but you know it was also Grant kind of being like uh yeah I don't really know, <laughs> so he you know the fact that he's surprised or shocked or doesn't think that anybody's caught it yet, I, I just don't think that is what we need to base it off of because we're dealing we know the Flash in a way that he doesn't now he knows the Flash obviously in a way that we don't because he knows the TV Flash. But yeah. we know the lore and we know kind of the, the comic books and, and kind of the geekdom surrounding it that he doesn't necessarily know. And that's OK. I don't necessarily want him to bring all that baggage into his character. I think yeah. he does a great job with everything he does. But I wouldn't take too much stock into what he says about the finale. Well, so, yeah. So my opinion is, yes, I think we're going to have a Flashpoint style universe. That's what I want to happen. That's what I hope happens. But I am totally willing to be pleasantly surprised, which I'm sure I will be regardless of what happens. But uh I am on the Flashpoint boat. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I, I am as well. And by the way, let me just put this out there. Grant, if I have offended you, if you want to come on our show and defend your Greek, your geek cred, you are more than welcome to. Let us know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. All right, so along that same idea, this was a rumor that has kind of popped up last week. And, uh, and you know, we see this thing from time to time, but it was popped up. And again, more rumor than spoiler. I really don't think this is a spoiler at all. The rumor is that in this new universe created by the season finale, uh, that the rumor that Tom Welling will be coming on The Flash specifically to play Superman. Now, not a Superman of the universe that we know, but a Superman in a universe that's created by the actions of The Flash in the finale. Oh, okay. Now, this is total rumor. I don't think there is any weight to this whatsoever for a lot of reasons. Um, I don't necessarily know that I disagree with the idea of having a Superman in an alternate universe type of setting uh, created by the actions of the Flash. But Tom Welling is not going to, he's not going to play Superman. Like, he's just not going to do it, guys. I was a, a longtime fan of Smallville. I followed that show, you know, uh, pretty pretty hardcore. And uh, and Tom Welling, you, you're familiar with the, the Superman curse? Yes. So, to some extent, that's kind of passed on to Tom Welling as well. I mean, he really hasn't done much other than playing Clark Kent on Smallville. Like, he's, he's had some directing roles, and he tried to launch a series that got picked up for, like, less than a season. And he just, you know, he never really wanted to fully portray Superman on screen. And I think he's pretty done a pretty good job of distancing himself from the character. And I just do not see, I don't, I mean, it would take a crazy truckload of money to make it happen, and I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, you know... 
it doesn't sound very plausible to me. Plus, you know, B in the chat is saying that the rumor has been 100% completely dismissed. So yeah, yeah. I will trust her in this regard. <laughs> well, absolutely. And that's the thing. I, I, I wanted to still address it because we got a lot of messages on Facebook and Twitter just kind of asking about this. And so, uh, you know, I, I did, I like the idea of heroes appearing because of the actions that the Flash may take in the finale. But I don't think, if we're going to see a Superman, I just don't think it's going to be uh, Tom Welling. Now, it may be whoever they get to play Superman in the Supergirl series. Yeah, so so the, the question still stands. Do you think we'll see a Superman in season two of Flash? Uh, I mean, I'm going to say very low percentage. I, I wouldn't say never since we're going to get it on Supergirl. But even that's CBS. Now, nah, you know what? No. No, I don't think we are. And I, I don't want to. I've said this before. I don't want to. Not not in the series. Yeah. Even yeah, in I an alternate universe timeline even though there's only one timeline and it just changes based on what barry does yeah there you go yeah so no superman in my flash yeah no superman in the flash hey this is patrick sabongi and you're listening to flash tv talk that's the sound of the police in my hood (laughs) news flash all right man so like i said a lot has happened but probably the most relevant and recent uh, that has gone down is the Flash and Arrow actually were at Pallyfest. Uh, this was this happened earlier. I guess I guess it was actually last week. Yeah, and here's the deal: I am completely unfamiliar with with, with is it Pallyfest or Pallyfest? I've always said Pallyfest, but I think it is actually pronounced Pallyfest. So what is Pallyfest? Well, okay, so Pallyfest they do these panels with a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons, but typically whenever I'm tuning in, it's specifically because they're talking to casts and creators of television shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first one I ever saw was when they were uh, uh, doing kind of a panel with uh, the cast of Parks and Recreation. But you know, they do a lot of different casts and, and shows, and so it's, it's pretty cool. They, it's not just TV. They do a lot of panels for a lot of different things, and uh, there's definitely more to Paleyfest than that. So um, I, I could not begin to really fully explain who they are and what they do. But for all intents and purposes, they did have the cast and the creators of this series to answer fan questions uh, on stage, and a lot of information came out of that. Now, beyond the just discussion that happened with the casting and crew, also we got a chance to see this teaser trailer for the remainder of the season. Now, have you seen this yet? Um, maybe. I don't. I don't know if I have actually, because I I didn't see. Like I I read some stuff about the Paley thing, and I, I saw some things here and there. I've been so freaking busy with work that I haven't really had a chance to look at too much. So that's something I guess I'll have to check out. Well, it is online now, and actually I'll forward it to you because we did get we did get an email to us. Uh, but yeah, the biggest thing. I mean, most of the shots seen in that trailer do come from the episode we just watched. That trailer is clearly kind of spliced together to be somewhat misleading, especially around Eddie's character. Mm-hmm. makes it look as though he's about to take this dark turn, that he's got this big secret. But in actuality, it seemed like a lot of lines from this episode were kind of twisted to make things seem a little bit darker for him. Well, I think his you know dark secret is that he hates Barry now. Well, okay, but here's the thing. In that trailer, there is a shot of him popping off two cops. Oh, really? But, yeah, that does well, maybe happen. Maybe they're dirty. Well, no, I don't think it's they're dirty. You know, we've heard the rumors that perhaps a Queen Bee might be coming into play. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, in the trailer, we do see somebody wearing a mask that looks a little bit actually like Bumblebee from the Transformers. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you know, I, I do think that perhaps he's being controlled by Bumblebee. Um, that would be my speculation. I don't think that his big turn to the dark side is coming 
in this season. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in later seasons. And I don't think he is going to be, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say he's not going to be a reverse flash. If anything, I've, I've heard this theory that perhaps he could be cobalt blue. Now, that would be interesting. So so that would be like a secret, right? If he and Barry are actually twin brothers. Well, and they might not do the twin brother thing. I mean, it might be there might be some relation there. They might change it up a little bit. I think the twin brother aspect of Cobalt Blue and, and really what we're talking about here is uh, in the comics, Barry had a twin brother that he didn't know about. Um, that child was given up for adoption after being born for whatever reason I can't recall. That child ends up getting adopted by the Thons and this child who looks exactly like Barry ends up becoming the the origin uh, lineage for what would be Eobard Thon, uh, which makes Eobard not only his greatest enemy, but also you know tied to him in blood as well. Yeah, so that would make Eobard and Barry related distantly. Exactly. Which and is really, really interesting. And I think that'd be something that would be kind of kind of interesting to explore. Like I I, I don't know how they would do Cobalt Blue otherwise. I mean maybe because I mean how how is how is he going to get powers and stuff? Like that's what I don't understand. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's a mystery, man. We'll have to we'll have to find out and see. I mean, I again that that theory is a little bit out of left field, but it's one that I really really like. I can't remember. I, I feel like a, a couple of people have sent it to me, and I cannot remember who sent it to me first, so I don't want to mess up uh, the acknowledgments on that one. But I do I do like it. I mean, I think he does kind of. Eddie looks very much like Barry from the comics, more so than Grant Gustin. Yeah, yeah. And now here's what's interesting, though, because with Cobalt Blue, his power isn't necessarily like metahuman based, isn't it? Like the the uh, the Thawne family can control this like blue fire thing or something like that. Yeah, I can't recall. There's, there's some sort of like mystical element to it, I believe. And so that could be I mean, maybe they want to introduce that element to the show. Right. We're not really dealing with magic at this point. Yeah, but we may. But we may. It'd be it'd be really neat to see. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So anyway, that that big Pally Fest, uh, all that to say the Pally Fest, uh, Eddie, I think, is a pretty heavy mislead. I don't think he's going to go bad anytime soon, despite that. Now, the big revelation that came out of this panel discussion was all but a confirmation that we would be seeing either a Wally West or a Bart Allen in the near future. Now, this kind of, in my mind anyway, transferred to a full on confirmation uh, a couple of days ago. We tweeted out asking people, who do you want to see cast as Wally West? And we got a lot of great fan casting and everything else. Uh, and actually, Grant Gustin jumped into the mix and said, I think they're actually casting somebody who's younger uh, than who was being discussed at the time. Hmm. And this does two things. For one, this confirms for me that they are casting a Wally West, which means we will see Wally West in, a near, in the near future. Probably a season two based on the discussion that we've gotten. Number two... This means that we're looking at a kid flash. This isn't going to be a Roy Harper situation over on Arrow where Roy is actually much closer in age to uh, Oliver. This is actually going to be a kid flash whom Barry Allen could theoretically anyway be this mentor figure to. That makes me excited, man. So call us in the chat. Just said two words that should never, ever be uttered when talking about casting rumors for things that I love. All right. Oh, Jaden Smith. <laughs> Wait, what was that? That was our April Fool's uh, last year, right? Yeah, I know. Is, is it possible year? to like unheart something on, on Mixler? <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. Although if you're listening live, be sure to uh, to give us some hearts. Those are always nice. Yeah. Always no, but uh, yeah, this this is really, really neat. And I think, you know, it, I, I, I love the tone that the show has right now. I love the direction that it's going. I love everything about it. 
but I do think if they're going to introduce younger characters, maybe to try to draw on a younger audience, that Flash is the show to do that in. I don't want them to change anything. I want them to keep it exactly the same. But if they're going to bring, you know, a kid into the show and they're going to do, uh, you know, you know, things, you know, around younger audiences and stuff like that, Flash is obviously the best bet for that right now because you're not going to bring like, you know, a, a kid into Arrow because he'll probably be dead in three episodes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> this, this <laughs> so. is fair. This is fair. Yeah, no, look, Jaden Smith, I, I don't have the same um, gut reaction to Jaden Smith as you have, but I have do- Have read his tweets? <sighs> look, man, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody like yesterday about Kanye West. Okay. All right, he said, he, he asked me, he's like, what do you think of Kanye West? And I told him, I find Kanye West in a similar fashion that I find Tom Cruise. Really, really love his art. Really, really can't stand the individual. I agree with you. It doesn't matter what the individual does, my friend. It matters what their art form is. If somebody is a phenomenal actor, then, you know, let them be crazy. If somebody's a phenomenal singer, hang on. If somebody's a phenomenal singer, let them be crazy. Now, I don't follow Jaden Smith's tweets, so I don't even know exactly what you're talking about. But my point is, whoever he is off camera shouldn't speak to what he does on camera. But it right. And I agree with you. Like, I, I think Kanye West, the person is awful. I think Kanye West, the musician, is a genius. You know, I, you know, but Jaden Smith is neither of those. OK, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I'm just saying if you're going to criticize him, criticize his acting, not his tweets. Well, I mean, I do. But uh, yeah, he, he's, he's just not good. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Jaden Smith. I, I, I'm just not a big fan. I uh, like your dad. Your dad's cool. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> Jaden's gonna unsubscribe to the podcast now, dude. If we can get Jaden Smith on the podcast, I'll, I'll be happy. To oh talk to yeah, him. you'll you'll totally change your song all of a sudden because now. Oh no, gonna... no no no! I I I just like to act. You know, I'd like I'd like to ask him and be like, "Do you really want to act, or is this just something that your dad is shoving down your throat?" <sighs> well, I tell you what, if we ever like, get what do to... you want to do, Jaden Smith? <laughs> Who are you? Be yourself. Hey, be but... that crazy, weird. You know, if trees could think, would they talk about leaves? Styled tweet person. Another big question that came out of Paley Fest. <laughs> <laughs> Who's feeding the rogues? This was my favorite part that I read about Paley Fest. This was this was the number one thing that I have wondered myself about the whole pipeline and like what happens, how where do they go to the bathroom? Who feeds them? Who right. cleans up after them? How does this work? Well, you know, we we talked about I feel like we talked about it before we went on a hiatus, but they've got the Cisco Chronicles going on right now where we get to see basically Cisco's stories about while he's actually the one that's feeding these guys and caring for the, uh, uh, the, the underground rogues in the basement. So, you know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's Cisco, right? Yeah, I, I read one of the uh, Cisco Chronicles actually talking about Rainbow Raider. I love that. Actually, yeah, I that loved one's it. really, really good. That one's really good. Uh, so if, if you're not familiar, if you haven't read it, it's basically Cisco, uh, you know, he's going to go and, and take care of these uh, the rogues on the pipeline. And so he, he's going to take care of Rainbow Raider. So what he does is he has these special glasses that he's wearing to reflect all the light coming through uh, so that he can't be affected by, the, uh, uh, by Rainbow Raider's emotional spectrum powers. And so... It's funny, though, because he's sitting there and he's about to, you know, give him food or whatever. And so Rainbow Raider, like, you know, tries to screw with him or whatever. But he ends up like, you know, reflects it back. And so he sees <laughs> he, he ends up affecting himself with his own powers. It's so, like at one point he, he becomes super duper depressed. And like Cisco's sitting there like, you know, he's like, I had to hug him at one point. <laughs> 
See, and that, he's like, he I was telling see me that. all this stuff about his childhood and everything. It's like, I knew more about Rainbow Raider after that than, you know, I, I'd ever wanted to know. And I thought that was really, really neat how, you know, his powers got reversed on me. He just turned into this, you know, really just like sad dude. <laughs> Man, that makes me happy. Look, I love that in that little, uh, you know, Cisco Chronicles, they make, you know, they, they reaffirm that he's not just going to be Prism. He's going to be Rainbow Raider. And, uh, and yeah. he even mentions that the character decided that his own rogue name should be Rainbow Raider without even knowing that that's what Caitlin wanted for it to be. So uh, <laughs> I love that uh, that they want to keep that going. I hope when that character comes back uh, that they kind of talk about it. Like, I, I just want to hear Rainbow Raider. I like, I, you know, Prism, fine. I get you're trying to modernize the name. But, dude, no, Rainbow Raider, come on. I want to see him in a black and rainbow jumpsuit riding a rainbow-colored surfboard through the air. That's I'm not, what I want to see. I'm not going to go along with you on that one. <laughs> I'm just going to say keep the campy name because, I mean, again, that character has so much potential. All the rogues that we've seen, in my oh, mind, yeah. he has the potential for the most of what can be used from his power set. The and, emotional spectrum is just, there's just a, a plethora of, of places to go and things to do with that. Yeah, and not that I'm trying to tweak the rogues rumble in my favor, but when it comes time for voting, specifically on the Rain, Rainbow Raider side, just just remember that. He's got a ton of potential. All he has to do is look at you and he can make you feel things. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. Well, I mean, you know, when people look at me, they feel things. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a beautiful man. Mm. <laughs> Fastest man alive. That was another moment that happened in the uh, the Pally Fest. Uh, this guy gets up there, and I can't remember what the setup was. It's, I can't remember. He, he said basically that he was a nerd stereotype, and the camera cuts to him, and the entire you know crowd laughs because he's kind of an overweight dude. He's wearing a Flash T-shirt. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm the fastest man alive, but not in the good way. <laughs> the entire place erupts, and like you know, the entire cast actually gives him a standing ovation. It was oh, uh, that's awesome. It's pretty funny. Uh, but honestly, for me, the moment that really deserved the full standing ovation, they had this kid come up to the microphone and actually do the full-on Flash intro, and nobody said Kid Flash. I don't know what what people were thinking. Nobody there said it's Kid Flash. Really? Nobody did it. I was. I mean, I was yelling at the screen, but nobody else did. It's a missed golden opportunity. You would think. You would think. Well, hey, I'll tell you what is not to be a missed golden opportunity, and that is Tuesday, May 19th at 8 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be our season finale for this uh, first amazing season from The Flash. It has been an amazing ride, and I am looking forward to uh, that big episode. Honestly, I can't imagine how on earth they're going to top what they did today. And the fact that we have so many episodes between now and then, man, aren't you glad that we're watching the show? I am so glad. You know, I, I, I know I've said it before. But when we first talked about doing the Flash, uh, the Flash TV Talk podcast, I was very apprehensive because I'm I was not a fan of CW shows at all. I, I did not like Smallville. I did not like you know any of those other shows that have come on the CW. I uh, wasn't a big fan of Buffy, and I was Blast just like, ah, oh, this is just this is I don't I don't know. It's just, I, it's just it might not be my show, and I'm gonna have to watch it and do this thing. And I this is the best decision I've ever made. With an asterisk by it, because, you know, obviously I've made other decisions. But this is the best podcasting-related decision I've ever made. Oh, well. I and TV-watching decision, because this is an excellent show. And, and I was actually talking about it today at work. Uh, we we had a little monthly thing that we do for, like, anniversaries for people at the office, see how long they've been there or whatever. And I was talking to the people in the office, and I was like, if you haven't seen this show, you have to watch it, because it's, it's, it's the best, it, it, in my opinion, the best show on TV right now. Well, I can't disagree with you, man, uh, except for the fact that Buffy was an amazing uh, amazing show and i don't know that it was ever on cw 
I thought Buffy was on CW. I can't recall. But that was an amazing show, and you're wrong on that one. But anything else, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, uh, dude, I'm just, uh, it's been amazing. And uh, you know what? We got a lot more to go. Hey, guys, this is Chad Rogan, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right. First listener feedback comes in from Zach Alleroy Lavelle. Uh, Bell, what does Zach say? Well, Zach was writing, I want to ask on episode 13, The Nuclear Man, why didn't Cisco test to see and find out who the other man in the room was that night? I mean, we know one was the future Barry Allen slash the Flash, but who was the other? Obviously, if it was Professor Zoom, a.k.a. the Reverse Flash, uh, oh, sorry, obviously it was Professor Zoom, a.k.a. the Reverse Flash, but uh, who was it really? According to the comics, Eobard Thawne is Zoom, and Eobard is very close to Eddie. I don't think it's a coincidence. Well, here, here's what's interesting about this. It doesn't matter if Cisco tested the blood to find out who it was, because Eobard's blood is going to be different than Harrison Wells' blood, which is yeah. why there wasn't a match. Yeah, we talked so, about that at the time, yeah. Yeah, so even if he did test it, it wouldn't I mean, you wouldn't be able to find a, a positive there. So I guess probably what the writers did in that situation was just say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter because they're not going to know who it was. It's just going to be some other random blood that they're not going to have on file because the guy doesn't even exist yet. So, yeah, I, I'm guessing that was just a decision by the writers just to kind of ignore just because it, it'd be really weird to kind of go into and explain because of the whole time travel stuff and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I can see why they did that. And we didn't mention this, but in the Paley Fest uh, preview, there is a scene where Joe is standing over a, um, uh, a, a coffin with a body in it. Or, or, or perhaps like a skeleton or something. He's like, if this is who I think it is, there's going to be a lot of trouble. And I and I the popular speculation, uh, which I agree with, is that that's probably Harrison Wells, the original Harrison Wells that Eobard killed. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right on that one. Um, the Gorn Identity on iTunes uh, writes in, great podcast for a great show. Flash TV talk flows well and never gets dull. The hosts are engaging and professional, yet casual. Well, thank you, Gron. Gorn? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. The Gorn, Gorn identity. The Gorn. Like, that's a... Like Star- the Gorn from Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. Of course, you don't know anything about Star Trek. I'm not a Trekkie. Yeah. Well, uh, we also get another bit of uh, feedback here from iTunes as well from Charlemagne RMC, and they write, love this podcast. I went through a couple of other Flash After Show themed podcasts, but this show is different. These guys are pros digging it. Well, we appreciate that. Charlemagne RMC, your uh, your username, uh, it suddenly remind me of my Charlemagne. I know, I thought Let about your that too. be the badge of the air and the something of the sea and something. Dude, that whole sequence got a lot of play the other day with uh, Harrison Ford crash landing the, the plane yeah. at the... <laughs> Fly? Fly? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Exactly. Brilliant stuff. Oh, beautiful. Glad he's going to be okay, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. Wish him a speedy recovery. And of course, uh, yeah, man, absolutely. Of course, hey, if, if Harrison if Harrison Ford, after he recovers, wants to, he can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk. And if Harrison Ford, if 140 characters isn't enough for you to express your love for our show, you can email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. Also, be sure to check out our parent show, Panel to Screen, where this week, what are we talking about this week? I don't know. Honestly, this episode of The Flash, like, wiped my brain. We might just be talking about this episode again. <laughs> hey, man, I'm down, dude. Th- th- yeah, like, I, yeah, t- this was, yeah, that's all I'm going to say is just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, one way or the other, we'll have a uh, an excellent episode of Panel to Screen, which, of course, you can find 
uh, hitting the podcast ways on Saturday. Of course, you can tune in live for that show on Thursday nights. I uh, also want to encourage you to check out a new pseudo live show, I guess is what we're calling it. It's uh, it's not a podcast. It's specifically a live show that we do after panel to screen that we're calling Backstage. If you ever wanted to kind of know what it's like to, uh, to run uh, several podcasts and uh, also produce a webcomic, a weekly webcomic, uh, yeah, you can hear all the gritty details, the things that you're not supposed to hear uh, by tuning in to backstage after panel to screen on Thursday nights. So uh, be a fly on the wall. And uh, and yeah, you can find that at Mixler.com slash Pottery, where, of course, you can follow us. Any kind of live show that we do, it's all going to be happening there. Man, before we sign out tonight, we have got a free digital comic to give. I'm really excited about this. Always love doing it. Uh, of course, if you did not know, or missed it from the top of the show. If you head on over to iTunes, you can write us a review to get your name in the running. Every single time we get 10 reviews on iTunes, we give away a free digital comic. And today's digital comic goes to Matt McNeely. Congrats, Matt McNeely. Yay, Matt McNeely. Congratulations. Uh, be sure to tweet us up or you can hit us up on Facebook and we will get you set up with your free digital comic. Want to give special thanks to our boy Wu Kim who is awesome for helping us out with the show notes. We also want to give special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. That dude can shred, so check out his work on SoundCloud. Uh, Stick around after the outro music for spoilers on next week's episode, but if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Spoilers for next week's episode, Rogue Time, the official description. Uh, this is the 16th episode. Bell, what is happening this episode? Uh, well, the Flash learns that Captain Cold and Heatwave have returned to Central City. This time, Snart has brought along his younger sister, Lisa, to help wreak havoc. Uh, the episode follows the one in which the Flash discovers he has the ability of time traveling by reaching great amounts of speed. Okay, I'm really confused with this Rogue Time thing, man. How are we going to spend all this time on Heatwave and Captain Cold, whom, of course, I love whenever those two get together, and, of course... Uh, cold sister who will be fully introduced to in the next episode how are we going to spend time on this without the uh you know time travel you know groundhog day reliving the day um first 15 minutes is my guess that barry is going to uh so he's going to realize that he's back in time he's like wait i've seen all this stuff before okay and it's going to be like i need to stop mark martin as fast as possible and so he goes he stops martin in the first five ten minutes something like that the rest of the episode transpires, and then that's where we start getting into the thing where he's like, dude, I, I, I'm, I've already lived this day before. What's going on? And so I think uh, he's uh, Mark Martin's going to be defeated the first 15 minutes, and then the rest of the episode's going to be everything else. Makes sense. That definitely makes sense to me. Um, you know, they always say that Batman plus prep time equals unstoppable. Well, Flash yeah. plus, plus prep time equals freaking God. I mean, could you imagine like how cool that would be? It's like you screw something up. You're like, ah, I just got to run really fast. And then you go back and you change it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's not just like I go back in time and I try to fix it. It's like, no, I can fix this in a couple of seconds. So it, it makes total sense, and I get where he's coming from, or I get the idea behind that. But while he's trying to juggle, you know, cold and heat wave, I do hope there is some pretty well, in-depth... And golden glider. Well, and golden, and golden glider as well. But I do want to understand better the whole time travel and the nature of time travel. I think they're going to go into that. Uh, I think there's something... Uh, where did I, I for some reason something pops in my head maybe it was the, the episode the preview episode from uh last night but uh I, I feel pretty certain that he's going to talk to wells about this and yeah. discuss yeah. you know what's going on it's like hey you know a lot of stuff i just went back in time how does this work <laughs> right right i gotta tell you man it, it's weird thinking about the fact that he this episode will start about the same time, I mean, only about 15 minutes into this last episode that we saw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because so much happened emotionally. Like, for example, the Captain Singh thing, I didn't even realize until we talked about it tonight that Captain Singh's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Singh's going to be fine. Cisco's going to be alive. Uh, Joe's going to be fine. Uh, Iris is not going to know who Barry is. Iris is not going to uh, express her emotions about Barry. Everything is it's, it's complete reboot. Yeah, so we we get all the big revelations, but they don't. Correct, because previously we were kind of like a, a, a somewhat in what, what what's the term when you're talking about uh, narratives and things like that? You have an informed audience, but the characters aren't informed. We knew we knew a lot of stuff, right? We knew H.G. Wells was killing people. We knew this kind of stuff, but right. now we know everything, okay. uh, and the characters don't know anything. So right. Cisco's not going to know squat, and well, it, but it's not not he'll fully. have his suspicions. Yes, he'll have his suspicions. But he's not going to know for sure, and I'm I'm curious to see how, because uh, Barry didn't know that he was killed. Barry didn't know he was killed, but Barry does know that Iris has feelings for him. Well, he's getting the idea. Of no, that. no, 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 Barry. That whole you know, I kissed a girl and it was Iris. That happened. Wait, say that again. My headphones fell off. Okay. <laughs> Barry, Barry still kissed Iris before he went back in time. Like they had that whole emotional exchange. Now, Iris doesn't remember, well, not remember, that never happened for Iris, but in terms of Barry, that happened oh. for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, yeah wait, yeah. oh, hang on. Here's another question. This should have been in speed speculation rather than the spoilers, but Barry ends up, when he goes back in time, he ends up where he was at a previous time. Does he replace himself in that time? See, that's what I was kind of wondering, too, because it, it's not really clear what happens. So I think, because he runs past, sees himself, stops at the street corner the, that iconic street corner that we're supposed to remember right and he never actually off. he never sees himself he sees himself while he's running there he sees himself while he's running but when he stops he's he's alone in the street i'm wondering and, and i thought about this too when he actually runs back in time he doesn't end up on the coast he ends up to his location in another time so i think that he is able like i don't think there's going to be two berries in fact i think actually i, I didn't realize this until you pointed out the whole they'll probably deal with everything in 15 minutes but when he travels to a time that he previously existed in well how would that work wouldn't he replace young barry well i would think i would think that there, there there's some time travel rules that we're not sure of yet uh because it's one timeline yeah which i'm pretty sure of but i think there can maybe there can be two berries at one point maybe there is another berry well maybe there can be two berries if that berry hasn't been affected by the speed force like if he's going to a different time where he has the speed force 
maybe he exists as one individual. But if he went to, for example, let's say he went back in time to 10 days before the accident, then we would have our Flash and that Barry Allen. But if he went 10 days after the explosion, then he would just take the place of that Barry Allen. Well, so Collis is saying here in the chat that we were looking at future Barry all along and that present Barry never stopped. But I thought that present Barry stopped, looked at the street corner and then went on. Yeah, I um the morgue. Yeah, I don't I don't I, interesting concept, Collis, but I don't, I don't think I agree with you on that one. Yeah, cuz cuz Future Barry stops when he sees himself and that's why we see the street corner. And then he continues on to the morgue. And then Future Barry stops at the street corner. I think but he sees the same stuff that 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 past Barry saw. That ah, my brain's about to explode. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I think I honestly I, at first I thought that that we were going to deal with Barry in the background while other Barry was going off and doing his thing. Um, but now I'm starting to get the idea that I th- I do think we are dealing with one Barry. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's one Barry, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm curious to see how they react yeah. or, or how, uh, uh, how they're going to explain that. You're complicating it too much for yourselves. Yeah, Jared, that's what we do. We- <laughs> Welcome to flash TV talk. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, man, one way or the other, I'm, I'm excited to see the return of Captain Cold, and uh, I do like the growing uh, uh, rogue, so it's not just the two of them, but the uh, Golden Glider will be there as well. I do hope that the idea is not necessarily that she is going to ultimately replace him. I mean, obviously, with the rumors that we've heard about this third show, not rumors, uh, you know, the, the confirmation that this third show is in development as kind of this brave and the bold, you know, all-star type of setup where they kind of rotate out different heroes and different villains you know, Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold is supposed to be a regular character on that other show. And so I hope that means that we don't lose him here and that Golden Glider ends up being kind of the replacement. No, I no, I don't want that to happen at all. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll end up seeing what we see. But uh, one way or the other, once it comes out, we will for sure be there talking it up with you guys on the podcast. Man, it's going to be an awesome show next week. Absolutely. And for more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC. A member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com.